Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Not Safe for Work Photography Podcast. Today, we're interviewing Cassidy Lovett. Cassidy is a diverse artist, entertainer, and model ranging from contemporary ballet to erotic burlesque. How's it going, Cassidy? Hi, everything is great. Thank you for having me. Sure. So, unlike some of the other people we've interviewed, you are not a full-time model, but it is part of your repertoire as an erotic creative. Is that correct? That is correct. I am not a full-time model whatsoever. So what other avenues do you pursue work in? Uh, I am a performer. I'm a full-time performer. And I'm also like a pole and dance instructor as well. I see. How long have you been working as a creative and a performer and a pole and dancing instructor? um, I've been working as a creative for about seven years. I've been teaching dance for about 13 years. I've I've been in the game for a pretty long time now. That is quite a bit. Uh, How did you originally get involved in modeling? Honestly, I I kind of fell into it. Um, I I really just don't know where to begin. Um, It kind of started when I was, you know, just moved back to Maryland and looking for work and so I started dancing um stripping so that's how I kind of got into it networking with people at the club and then I went to like a power shoot and that's where it just kind of started all all from that doing a power shoot in B&B. I see so is being a performer something you always wanted to do or something you came to want to do uh, yes, actually, being a performer is always something that I wanted to do. Um, I always dreamed about performing for people, and I also wanted to be a choreographer. So I'm pretty much doing what I always dreamed of doing since I was a kid. So definitely a passion, not a business. Yes, most definitely a passion. So when did you decide that you could be a performer full-time? Was there... Did, did you just start off as soon as you got out of school and jump into it? Or did you do it part-time for a while and figure out this is something you could do full-time? Um, so I was working for like a, a corporate office at first, and then I was dancing. So I was doing, I was dancing part-time and I was working in corporate full-time. And opportunities just kept coming my way as like an entertainer. So I decided to do that full-time because it was, I got, I received more freedom from it, like scheduling my own work days and going on the road. And I just love being able to create and network with people. So that's why I decided to do it full time. All right. Well, we'll dive more into that in a little bit, but let's pivot over a little bit towards uh, being paid as a full time because everybody's got to get paid. Yes. So what is the most <laughs> what is the most successful way that you have found to get paid? Uh, do you get paid directly from your employer? Example in modeling would be from a photographer or burlesque would be from whoever's putting on the show. Or have you had more success with direct payments from fans, uh, sites like OnlyFans or Patreon or some other direct payment site? Which one of those has been more successful in terms of your work? What has been most successful as far as like my work has been direct payment from like uh, photographers or production people. Um, OnlyFans is okay, but 
they don't really want to see the art of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know much about Patreon, so I don't, I don't know that platform. But in, in-person direct payments has been successful for me. Gotcha. So in terms of trying to get that work, where have you had the most success finding it? Do you, do you belong to any local groups that help you find work, um, social media, uh, networks? Um, pretty much before the pandemic, when the club was open. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the club was open, people would, you know, see me perform. So they would want to, like, book me for events, and then I'll lead them to, like, my social media. So then they'll follow me on social media, and then it becomes word of mouth. Um, so mostly I would say in-person meetings and as well as social media is how I tend to get work. All right. That seems uh, that's probably the best way now. I guess that does make sense. Yeah. There's no groups. There's no meetups. There's hmm. everything is virtual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's an age old debate in modeling. And as you said, you're not a full time model. You may or may not be aware of this, but uh, there, there's a big debate on having a single rate for modeling where, you know, your time is valuable, your time is the same level of valuable, no matter what type of modeling you're doing. And there are some people that charge multiple rates based on the type of content, you know, for example, Mm -hmm. fully clothed, one rate, nude, another rate, explicit, another rate. What do you think about those? Do you think, uh, do you fall on the single rate side or do you fall on the multiple rate side? I would say I fall on the the multiple rate side um, because if I'm going to do a nude or explicit, I'm exposing myself. I'm coming out of my comfort zone, especially if I've never worked with you before. Um, there's a lot that I'll probably have to put into it because if you don't have a makeup artist or anything, I'm quite sure I have to do my own. So that's money that I have to put into myself. So I definitely believe in doing like multiple rates or different types of content for sure. All right. How did you determine your own rates? Uh, did you just kind of look at how much money you wanted to make over the course of a year and figure out how often you had to work? Or did you speak with other people around you? And again, this is, this is oriented towards someone who's trying to get into modeling or for new photographers that are wondering why they have to pay the models because new photographers seem to have trouble with that concept. <laughs> um, so I pretty much base my rate on experience and time so i've been pretty much in this game for a while so i have a little bit of background and experience when it comes to modeling and performance i base my rate on the effort i put in whether it's classes or makeup hair outfit um and in time how long i have to be there or how much work do i have to put in so i base everything of how much work I have to put in, my time, and, you know, my experience. All right. Uh, what is your favorite shot on your Instagram? Do you have one that you just really like? Okay, so, yes. My favorite shot was actually from my first real photo shoot, and it was, like, in the DMV. It was a, a snapback hat photo shoot, and I was wearing, like, this two-piece red outfit and i don't know i ended up in some type of pose and i was looking away from the camera and i just like go back to that shot and i was like dang 
I'm, I'm pretty badass. Like, this is a dope picture. So let, that's my favorite, favorite photo. I feel like that pretty much set the tone for is me. That, is that the snapback edition, Hats by Will one? Or is that a different yes, one? Yes. That, yep, that exact photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, and I and it's funny because you talk about being a stretch enthusiast in your bio, and I can definitely see it. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. My favorite photo. Yeah, it's striking. <laughs> All right, so let's get let's kind of get into. Or I mentioned a minute ago, we're gonna dive deeper into being a erotic creative as opposed to just being a model, because a lot of the uh, a lot of the people that I've interviewed before have been full time models, but it mm-hmm. occurs to me that that's. Well, it's difficult because uh, putting all your eggs in one basket like this um, can be tough. And also, uh, all the full-time models tend to travel quite a bit uh, Mm -hmm. because there's not enough photographers in one town to kind of keep them employed full-time. Right. So I I saw you mentioned you go back and forth between Atlanta and D.C. Is that correct? Yeah. Is Is that traveling for work or is that just because those are your two favorite cities and you'd like to spend time in them? Um, I definitely love Atlanta in both places. I have family in both places, but I do travel both for work. Okay. All right. Mostly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as you mentioned, you do do a variety of erotic work. You do burlesque, mm-hmm. you do pole dancing, you do aerial work, you do modeling. Um, are all these connected for you? Uh, is there, is there a connection that runs through them for you? Or are they just separate activities that you enjoy and you're just, you know, uh, putting them together into a career? Um, they're, they're all definitely connected. Um, they're my, my art form. I don't, you know, really separate each because I put the time and effort in each of them. And with pole dancing and aerial work, it can go from either an athletic type of field or it can go to a sensual field like burlesque. So they're all connected to me, not just activities. I just, well, I do, I, I do enjoy them, but they're, they're connected to me. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. Uh, do the audiences for them overlap? Do you tend to get work for one while performing the other? I think you mentioned a little bit before that that was a way you would get business. So, yeah. Um, like I said, when I like post photos, like store shopping or anything like that, um, I try to do a lot of dance shoots or shoots that go towards my brand. But I get hit up for, you know, from different photographers who have their own concepts in mind. So I can be booked for like a modeling gig, whether it's like a video shoot or something, and then end up probably dancing for that shoot. And so now I'm like combining both of my skill sets. Mm-hmm. or book for like a performance gig and next thing I'm knowing next thing I know I'm like modeling for next to a car or next to an artist or something so they it, they tend to overlap how does interacting with your audience differ in each I'm just I'm just thinking of the wide variety because frankly all of them like you talked about they're all connected they're all physical um, they all involve you moving your body, but the audience is so different. Um, something like aerial work, the audience is at a distance. They're not participatory in modeling. I mean, if you assume the care of the photographer is your audience, then he is there and he's participating, <laughs> but he's at a distance. 
-hmm. And then in pole dancing or in other dancing work, um, the audience can be a little more participatory depending on where you're working at. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any, do you have any thoughts on, is that, is that, does, what additional challenges and what, what types of things do you have to do to help keep the audience interested in each of those different situations? Um, so when I performing, uh, I get a lot of people that have different, different thought process when they're watching me. You have some that just could care less and not interested because they don't know me. You have those that are really intrigued and they either want to learn from me or like really show their support and want to figure out where can they find me next. Photographers, they sometimes they really just kind of expect like, oh, you know, just a pretty girl, whatever, but they never really expect me to bust out with some dance moves as a pose or something. And they're like, oh my God, I was don't do that again. Say that way. Mm -hmm. um, so I think with most shoots that I do, especially if I'm like going to like a power shoot, they're expecting, I guess, but they expect from every model to come to the shoot is just like simple poses to just be pretty or whatever. But I'm just like, I'm not that type of model. Like I want to twist my body up into like a pretzel or something or do something drastic. Hmm. Um, so it's always like a different experience with like my audience. And I usually, you know, try to, interact with them and just get them hip to who I am as a person. Cause sometimes they just never know what to expect from me. And I always feel like a private stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are you trying to build a consistent brand between these different types of work? Um, so I try to make sure that with everything that I'm doing, like with the modeling, the pole, the aerial, that they all kind of correspond with the same theme. Um, so that would be like, as far as like with the movement, whether in my poses and modeling or my movement when I'm dancing, I make sure they're either graceful, artistic, um, and, and classy. Um, but with performing, and I want to stick to more like in a erotic, Thing. My movements are more eye-catching, sensual. The music is intriguing, and the music is more, you know, um, sensual. So I try to make everything correlate to one one another when I'm doing like different activities and everything. All right, the process. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. a process. <laughs> so this this variety of work. Would you recommend that other erotic artists or models that were trying to break into the industry, would you recommend they kind of, uh, I almost want to say like not put all their eggs in one basket and, you know, try and do a little bit of everything to mm -hmm. start things off? Or do you think they should really focus in on one of them to start with? Um, I would say just starting out, really just do your research on what you really want to do. Um, what are you really trying to portray? Definitely don't, you know, keep your eggs in one basket. Be, do different things, wear different hats. Whether you're trying to do a commercial or acting or whatever the case may be, uh, find other outlets that will get you more work. So mm -hmm. I definitely would suggest, you know, doing multiple things, even when you're, even when you're starting out. 
So make sure you do your research before you just start jumping into things. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on that subject, I was just reading today about the women in the, this is off topic slightly and I apologize, mm -hmm. but I was just reading about the uh, women who signed up for the models or women do, girls do porn, that website. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. they responded to a advertisement about modeling and they got yeah. there and it was not about the type of modeling they thought it was about, but they felt mm -hmm. trapped and the people that were there kind of forced them. So yeah, that, mm -hmm. uh, that sounds like, that sounds like a thing where it's maybe some research. Yes. Definitely do research, research, research. Cause you not want to be stuck or be in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, this work tends to attract a lot of assholes. <laughs> All right, but we're not here to talk about assholes today. Instead, <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about aerial work and pole dancing. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, well, you didn't have to mention it. Uh, I know that I couldn't do any pole dancing. I am not strong <laughs> enough. What are the physical requirements for aerial work and pole dancing? Oh, you definitely have to have some type of stamina first because constant movement you get tired very very fast um you want to build up your upper body and core strength most definitely core strength because that is like the balance that will keep you leveled as far as like with using your upper arm muscles shoulder muscles and back muscles and leg muscles your core is the foundation of mm -hmm. you know aerial work or pole dance so you definitely want to have a strong core and you definitely want to have stamina and flexibility but flexible enough to just move you don't i'm not saying you know push yourself into a pretzel but <laughs> flexible to be able to move your body to avoid you know getting injured because you're too stiff all right. Uh, do you have do you do you do, do specific workouts for this type of movement, or is the dancing itself enough of a workout that you don't have to have any sort of special, additional works workout? So I do um, home workouts. Sometimes I do yoga. Um, so I do a lot of active stretching, strength training, whether it's in the gym lifting weights or at the studio dancing. So I'm getting my cardio in. And, or I'm doing like a lot of body weight lifting on the pole or like on aerial silk or hoop or anything. So those, those are pretty much of a good workout that I usually do. Mostly then going to the gym because I don't really like gym to be honest. So I'd rather work out in the house or go to the studio and go work out. <laughs> That's funny. I'm actually the opposite. If I'm at home, I don't work out. I have to force myself to leave. <laughs> Oh, right. I don't uh, know why I don't like the gym, but I don't like the gym. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you mentioned before we started talking that uh, these types of, this type of work can put a lot of stress on your body. Um, mm. Do you have any special preparations or any special activities that you can use to prepare for that stress and avoid injury? Um, sometimes I usually just wing it, but if I'm really, really preparing myself, I have to drink a lot of fluids, mostly water, make sure I'm, you know, doing like a quick, maybe 30 minute warm up or some active stretching just to get my body warmed up before I do any type of get, even when it comes to modeling. Um, 
I still have to like make sure my body is right. So I have enough stamina to be at like a shoot for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll eat light for a week before any type of gig or anything. So it'll be like a salad or some bread or something, something small, smaller portion, portions of everything. Um, it's how I kind of prep myself before any type of work. All right. Uh, before performing, whether that's, you know, in front of an audience or working with a photographer, do you have any specific pre-care routines uh, you like to perform? Uh, yeah. So I have to, as soon as I wake up, listen to some music, whether it's classical music, some R&B music, or some like yoga, some yoga music, I listen to that. Um, drink some water, take my vitamins, drink nothing but fluids. I probably won't even eat, to be honest, because I don't want to be heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, meditate, light some candles, light some sage to get myself mentally prepared for that day or before I step on stage or step on a shoot. Uh, sometimes I don't eat because the bloating is too real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But before that, I at least try to have some fruit or something to prepare myself. All right. How about uh, post-care? Nice little Epsom salt bath, light some candles, listen to some music, and a lot of meditation and a lot of sleep. Or at least try to sleep. I might have to take a melatonin before I go to sleep. Yeah. But sleep yeah. is more important. Is, is definitely important so your body can like recharge. So yeah, that's, that that's is my- that is the absolute basics of health, right? Yes. How does the pay compare between the types of works you do? Uh, I know that coming from a photography perspective, typically new models have to work for trade initially. They don't get paid right off the block. Is that a thing in burlesque or in pole dancing? Mm, no, not really. Um, it depends. Um, if I'm going somewhere, I might have to pay to work and just work off tip. Hmm. But I'm not working for like or performing for exposure. That's just not happening. I I, I like to get paid. I need my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny too is all those photographers that expect the models to work for free, they got jobs too. They don't go into work and you know. Right. Uh, they don't work for free. Mm-mm. Well. They don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I'm curious about working as a dancer. Is there a lot of competition to perform? I saw that you had on your Instagram, you had some posters from some uh, shows you performed at over the last year. Is there a lot of competition to get into those shows? Um, sometimes there are. Usually, if like if you're contacting like the people who are putting on the production of the shows, they usually kind of tend to work with people they already know. It's kind of hard to be a newbie in the game unless you, you know, send some demos or whatever to force them to look at you. But mm-hmm. um, other times, they will contact you. If they like need people to perform, but it is it is, it is definitely like competition um, and sometimes the pay 
be different. Like they'll pay the people they know more. And if you're like just stepping in or needed or they don't know you, they won't really pay you as much or they'll have you pay them and work off it. Yeah. That's yeah. not cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. How has COVID impacted your revenue stream? And I'm sure that there's a pretty couple pretty obvious bits in here, but <laughs> my my my. Oh, it changed a lot. I now have to learn how to make everything virtual. And it's mm-hmm. a different mindset making things virtual. Like I'm used to interacting with people and people are used to interacting with me. So now I have to just like make sure everything is pre-recorded before I just, you know, start posting. And I'm not used to that. I'm not a professional recording video videographer or photographer. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it definitely changed a lot. I had to kind of like, you know, look for odd jobs or side jobs or try to even go to OnlyFans which is okay, but like I said, they don't really care about the the art of the performance. They just want to see people, you know, doing it nasty. And I ain't about that life. So <laughs> it, COVID really, it really changed a lot. Like I've been in the hospitality industry for years, like even as a bartender, bars are shut down. So it's like, uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> it, it, it changed a lot for me as far as like income. I have to like revamp everything, make it virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine that. Yeah. Yep. I don't have anything fancy to say after that. You have fetish listed as a modeling category on Model mm-hmm. Mayhem. And I saw that you had posted some work involving candle wax. Mm-hmm. What does doing fetish photography compare with doing glamour or more erotic work? Um. So they both are in like the same realm of creating some type of sexual arousal. If when it comes to looking at it in in the work and the photos and stuff like that. Um, So it does compare a net aspect. Um, But fetish could kind of go lean towards more of like pornish, depending how it's shot. Glamour could be more leaned towards like Bordeaux and stuff, but um, they both create the same type of reaction as like arousal and sex appeal in, in, in the industry. Yeah. Does that, what's your thought process when you're making work like that? Are you, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard that some people kind of mentally disengage and just go away. And, you know, they're, they're like, I'm getting paid for this. It's my job, but it's not my, you know, it's not what I'm really here. It's not what I really want to be doing on this earth. And, you know, other people kind of lean into it. Which mm-hmm. direction do you tend more towards? You don't have to answer that. You can tell me to fuck off. No, 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 no. It's okay. Um, so I don't really go searching for a shoot unless I kind of know the person. Like, I will only like work with like maybe the kink and BDSM educators or photographers who's experienced in that I I wouldn't be able to just shoot with someone that's just like oh they want to do a fetish or BDSM shoot and never shot it before mm-hmm. um with that like it I have to kind of like be in a mood to want to shoot it yeah. and if I do shoot it it has to be 
tasteful. You know, I don't want it to be raunchy or anything of that sort. So I really don't go searching for it. (laughs) Yeah, I I can see that for sure. So do you you get a lot of photographers approaching you about fetish work? No, I don't get a lot of photographers approaching me about fetish work. I do get a lot of photographers that want to shoot me in the nude for sure. <laughs> they yeah. want to shoot me new for sure or do a bedroom shoot and I'm really kind of over shooting at a bedroom hotel <laughs> <laughs> I really am <laughs> you know that's a, it's funny you mentioned that because that's one of the things I've been struggling with because mm-hmm. you know I used to before I moved here I lived in a single family home and mm-hmm. I had a basement. So like I had a big basement. I could, you know, put up a backdrop. I had lots of room to back up. Mm-hmm. And I see all these cool photographers shooting in all these cool places. And I'm just so jealous because right. they've got all these cool houses to shoot in. And so where, what's the most interesting place you've shot? Oh, um, I shot at an abandoned church. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of interesting. So I wanted this concept i wanted like a a vintage um alone sexy concept but i want it to be like somewhere that's abandoned Mm -hmm. um so the photographer i knew found an abandoned church somewhere that wasn't finished being built and i was just like oh yeah this is so perfect for me (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is so perfect it's like this person that's you know, portrays beauty, but surrounded by all this destruction and chaos. So I have really liked, I really like that too. Hmm. That is really cool. Yeah. But I, I know, I know what you mean. You see lots and lots of hotel room pictures. Yeah. They're almost always in bed and they're almost always tussled yeah. in the sheets. Doing the same pose. Like I'm over those shoes to be honest. Like either have me outside or at a studio space, or even if it is somewhere else, can you just have like a backdrop or something? Be creative yeah. with your, your space. Do we have to be on a bed or something or in a kitchen? <laughs> I, th- I think the biggest attraction is just that it's available. It's just the easiest yeah. thing to do if you don't have a home studio or you don't have access to mm-hmm. a studio. Yeah, that is true. So, although it's got to be more expensive than studio space. Um, no, not really. I don't think so. Well, now I'm looking it up. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing real-time fact checking. (laughs) (laughs) Unique photo studios for rent. Pure space. Hmm. Apparently I'm advertising for something. Capitol Hill (laughs) carriage house from $75 an hour. That seems cheaper than a hotel. Although I guess maybe not for two hours. Inspiring loft in the heart of Logan Circle for $80 an hour. I may have to use this. I may have to. That's but see, with a hotel, it's just for a day. In a studio, you're paying for hourly. So it's no, no, you're right. Yeah, because if you could like schedule that. a couple models to come in one after the other or something, and then yeah. really maximize your... Hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do that, at least get like a really cool hotel. Get something unique. Yeah. Something unique and big, you know? <laughs> yeah, a lot of those <laughs> hotel rooms are a little cramped. <laughs> a little cramped. Hmm. Reach over to the left as a sink. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. You had said you wanted to talk about uh, 
this collaboration and agreements between creatives. Would you like to mm -hmm. talk about what specifically you wanted to discuss? Yeah, so I've done a lot of like T, uh, TFP shoots and shoots where people want to collab with me. And I, you know, there's nothing signed or anything. And I haven't received any photos. Like, I don't even know what the photos look like. I don't even know if the photos are posted. So it's like I just spent my time, energy, and money to, you know, shoot these photos so you can grow your portfolio. But what am I going to put on my portfolio? It's like now that it didn't even exist. So I feel like if you're going to do collaborations or free shoots, at least have some type of signed agreement so that everyone is on the same page and both parties are benefiting from it instead of just the photographer or other artists or videographer is benefiting from it. Because as a model, you, your time is precious. And I'm quite sure you're spending money on getting your hair done, your outfit, and, you know, transportation to come shoot with somebody. You, you know, you should get something out of it. And, you know, I feel like this would be some type They of didn't agreement. send you anything? They just, they just... I have not receive not one huh. photo. Did you check their profiles? Did they post the pictures for their own profiles? Nope. Hmm. That is really interesting. Were these were these professional photographers or were they more amateur photographers? They say they some of them were professional. <laughs> some of them were. were like <laughs> they say professional but they might be amateurs. Yeah yeah. Um, oh. um so <laughs> It, it's just like I, I did a whole shoot for a magazine and it was like a power shoot and there were plenty of photographers there. I did a model release form, but mm -hmm. I don't I didn't see not one photo and not one person posted my photo or anything. So it was just like I just spent all this money to come out here and now I don't have a photo like to add to my portfolio. It's like I couldn't even put that on my resume or anything to show proof that this is what I did. So it's right. like it's unfair right. to me because now you have something to show, but I don't. So I feel like huh. an agreement is most definitely should happen. Just to yeah. did you what for some maybe not for that one, but for some of the other ones, did were they? more erotic type shoots like did you get the impression that these guys were you know making a private album or did it seem like it was more for public release and they just didn't it, through? it was more for like public release from my understanding so hmm. it was like mixed photos some were none of them was like erotic or anything there were a couple of glamour shots lingerie and right. door shots but um, a lot of them was just like either outdoors or something, or mm. even if it was like a video shoot, the videos never came out or anything. So it was like, oh my god! Like, I mean, I've definitely I, had, I've definitely had shoots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've definitely had shoots where I've walked away and been like, I didn't get a single usable photo out of it. But that's mm -hmm. rare. That's not. That's that's a once in a while, not a, you know, several times. And it sounds like this happened several times in a row. Huh. It it has when I definitely first kind of started out in the industry, um, mm. 
you know, I'm thinking we both have an understanding. You've been, I've not seen that one picture. I see it on your camera. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah. But when I'm going to see the official work, or at least if it's not edited, can I just get something? Like, I don't get nothing. I don't get anything. It, it, right. it becomes stressful and just like, I feel cheated. Like, I just feel like I didn't benefit. From right. So do you have any thoughts on how new models can avoid these issues? Uh, is there something they can do that might prevent it? Uh, just, I, I don't know. I guess just be smart about it. Do your research about who you plan on shooting with. Um, if there's any red flags, make sure you know those red flags. And even, even if they don't have a, a contract or agreement, you know, make your own or if you know someone that can write up one for you go to them and have someone create it and you present it to them um or if they do have like a model release make sure you read it and understand what you're going to get out of it too and now you can you can get you can find model release forms online uh mm -hmm. they're all a little bit different you'd have to kind yeah. of go through it and figure out. i think actually the first one on there is the one that i use Mm -hmm. I think I, uh, I think I copied it and edited it so it had my name on it, et cetera. Right. Uh, you mentioned red flags. What type of red flags would you look for? Um, like make sure the photographer or person isn't like shady or creep. I definitely would say <laughs> if it's your first shoot and you're shooting with someone you don't know, go with an escort. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Um, Another top thing, screwing the photographer is, is not going to benefit you. It's going to benefit them. It's not going to benefit you. <laughs> so don't do that. No matter what they say, they're going to try to, yeah. they're going to try to come at you. Like if you just shoot with me and I'd be your main photographer, I can get you here, there, there, there. No, don't believe it. Don't listen to that. They're going to try to have control over you and who you work with. And network with a whole bunch of people not just one person yeah i think i think that's a real good i think uh especially coming in new mm -hmm. I, yeah i don't i don't know if there's any way to kind of definitively tell I, yeah if anybody suggests yeah. sleeping with the photographer that is always a bad idea unless right. you think he's cute and you want to date him outside i'm not going to say anything about that but if it's for pictures or if it's for clout or if it's for you know fame uh, that's not going to work out for you no it's not yeah. and i uh, professional all the way through Yep, if yep. a connection suddenly happens, then let it be, you know, double-sided, not just, well, maybe if I do do this, I can get some type of something and free shoots and stuff and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But, mm, no, they still want their money too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you trying to screw them, the photographers still want their money. They don't care. Yeah, I have to wonder how many photographers are kind of in it just for that type of thing. Oh, that's a lot of them. A lot really? of people out there. Yeah, you know, since I'm a since I'm a <laughs> since I'm a photographer, you know, I don't really interact with other photographers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, from what I've heard from some of the models I've talked with, it is way more common than I would have thought. Yeah. It's crazy, right? <laughs> you know, slime balls are slime balls. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, uh yeah, any so yeah, I think just 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 kind of going back again. If the 
there's any new models listening. Yeah, any kind of creepy, any kind of sexual remarks. I mean, I'm sure every every woman ever has gotten lots of interesting text messages. So, you know, if uh, yeah. in the messaging for a shoot, if the photographer, you know, suggests something that's beyond the boundaries, it's probably time to go. Yeah. Uh, if they say anything creepy or flirty in the initial messages that's probably a real early sign that maybe they're yeah. not they don't have pictures on the mind hmm. <laughs> red flag <laughs> yeah red flags all right so what do you think that a model and the photographer should each come away with after a tfp shoot uh, the photographer should you know walk away with some footage good footage. I feel like if you know what you're doing, you should at least have enough good footage to use. And the model should at least walk away with some footage as well. I feel like the model should not walk away with anything, especially if she's giving you her time and energy to do this with you. They should either walk away with some type of footage that they both can use for their portfolios. Do you think what, I, this is actually this is actually a kind of a question of mine. Mm-hmm. Do you think the the model should come away with you know one really well like the best shot of the shoot fully edited? Do you think they should get you know four or five shots fully edited? Do you think they should get the whole set unedited? Like like where do you think is an appropriate? Um, I feel like at least now since you know things where are like social media use. And portfolio, I, I feel like a good three edited photos is good enough. Two to three. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because you, you can't put too many of the same thing in your portfolio, but what the photographer mm-hmm. likes the most and what you like the most may not be the same yeah. thing either. Exactly. So, so a good about two to three. You don't you don't need a whole set. You know, what are you, what are you going to do with it? All them photos. Not post <laughs> the same photos. Just admire them. <laughs> <laughs> right, I guess. But I feel like it's, it's just a good two to three photos is good enough. We got a late start coming in. We had some audio issues, but mm-hmm. it got settled out. So we're gonna we're we're about at the end of our time. We've got time mm-hmm. for one more question. What is the most important thing that you think new models should either do or know before they get into this? And frankly, you know, you're you're coming from a from a wider background. So anybody that's coming into dancing, anybody that's coming into modeling, anybody that's coming into burlesque, anything like that, what, what is one thing you think that they should do right from the beginning to make their life as easy as possible? Know exactly what, you know, field or content you want to make. Uh, whether you want to do something dealing with fashion, you want it to be more glamour, know what exactly you want to get into. And then do your research. Mm-hmm. on it and the demographic and how diverse it is and if it's needed is there high demand of it definitely figure out what route you want to take before you start getting to the modeling route if you want to be in a magazine if that is your goal if you want to work with different fashion brands figure that part out first before just hopping into the industry and I imagine if the stronger the idea you have of what you want to be, the harder it is for someone to push you off of that. Kind of going back to what we were talking about with uh, skeevy photographers. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. Well, uh, Cassidy, 
where can everyone find you online if they want to follow you? Everyone can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cassidy Lover. They're both spelled the same at K-A-S-S-I-D-Y-L-U-V-I-C, Cassidy Lover on Instagram and Twitter. All right. And with that, we are done. Check us out at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast.com, on Twitter as at NSFW Photography, and Instagram at the NSFW Photography Podcast. I tried to get them the same, but NSFW Photography was available on Twitter and it was not available on Instagram. That's a branding fail on my part. Uh, subscribe at your favorite podcast dispenser and have a lovely week, everyone.